Cover City Sports is back with episode 21 coming at you from the Cover City Saloon here in Albany, New York. Steve, what do we got going on this episode? Dave, we hit him with some saloon talk uh, focused on college football, but we definitely uh, spread it out there within the college ranks. Yeah, I still don't think OSU belongs in the college football playoff realm. We also went over our conspiracy of the week involving the Paul brothers and or sisters and uh you know dave we hit we hit you guys with a lot of games this week a lot of spreads a lot of lines so uh check it out tune in this week i think you're gonna love it uh, lantern let it rip Cover City. Cover City Sports is back. Here with our episode, the Deion Sanders episode, Steve. My favorite jersey growing up was this uh, Deion Sanders practice jersey from the Falcons in the Way practice jersey. Prime time. Prime time. Big 2-1, Dave. How's it two going today, my man? Dave, you know what season it is, Dave. So let's give the listeners what it's they want to hear. Season. Let's give them what they want. Little Donnie Hathaway to get us started here in the Cover City Saloon tonight. A little snow coming down tonight. Hey, we got Set the mood. We're really going to be Set the mood for a great Christmas. podcast. Hang all in this so, Dave, I, I think uh, you, you might have tweeted it out, but uh, but I did pretty good last week with my uh, my Stewart's Buttered Hard Roll uh, re revamped because I one game got canceled and I had to re up. I re up. I hit Iowa. Thank you. You're welcome. And I think I have uh, both of my best bets in my Twitter picks. Not only are you a great handicapper, you're flexible, you're agile, Mm -hmm. making bets on the move. On the the run. Rue, what about you, man? What's going on over there? Uh, Dave, Steve-O, how are we? We're a little remote again. A little COVID scare. Uh, We brought up. playing the precautionary role, aren't you? Yeah. Being a good American citizen over there. Don't want to be the super spreader. Better not bring that shit into the saloon. We'll kill it with booze. <laughs> Lantern, what about you? What's going on? Uh, I'm currently having my mind blown that there's a Jake Paul and a Logan Paul. I, you know, I thought this was one person, uh, <laughs> and that that they were both fighting, you know, Floyd, and now Jake wants to fight uh, with Conor McGregor. You know, apparently Jose Canseco's in here somehow. I don't know. Yeah, this whole we, thing we will really have more on that in a minute. But yeah, Jose Canseco okay. even poked his his uh yeah his, his neck out. His, his, his beak his beak is in here. He's getting he's getting his beak wet. But apparently uh, Tyson's saying he's revitalizing the sport. So whatever. And Dave, how about things other than the Deion Sanders jersey? What's going on over there in uh, in North Greenbush? I'm in my first ever fantasy playoff. Uh, matchup had the first round by last week in the final four here. Playoffs, little nervous, little <laughs> nervous. I gotta, uh, you know, look, looking to make my first ever championship run. So, what are you working with? What do we got? Let's see. We got, we got, uh, Deshaun Watson. Yep. We got, uh, Cup. We got, uh, Chubb. Okay. We got the Rams D up in there. All up in it. Uh, Gallman's been, Gallman's been putting on, putting up some points yep, for me. Yep. I get pissed though. Cause he, he always does the workload and gets down to the one yard line. And, then and they give it to psh- friggin' Alfred Morris, fucking Butler for Batman. Get the 
fuck out of here, dude. You're 67 years old. We're tired. Yeah, where'd that guy even come from? <laughs> so, so we'll see, man. We'll see. I got All some right. legs. All right. I, I got some legs. Um, also finished up uh, Yellowstone. I don't know if you ever saw the show Yellowstone. Never got into it. Listeners out there, it's basically. HBO? No, it's it's a weird network. It's Paramount. You'd probably actually have to buy it like on demand at this point. But three series. It's basically the Wild West meets uh, 2020. Oh, okay. So it's a good one. All right. Something to, to put on the the, 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 the watch for list a, for a Wednesday night. Uh, but Steve, why don't you run us through uh, this week's DraftKings winners? Winners. So we got a second time winner here, Jordan Hathaway. Uh, out of Deposit, New York. And I, I don't want to out my source on this one, Dave, but uh, Corey did say he has the biggest dong uh, in Western New York. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Big time winner, two time winner. And you then just we doubted got your source. Oh, I, I, I didn't want. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> Second place goes to JBit08. I think he's been in the money before. We've actually shouted him out to DM us. Uh, so we can send him some winnings, but never heard back. So Jay, boot, bop, bit, what you got? Second place, third place, my main man, my electrician, Nikki McNall, coming in the money for the first time, I think, in all the Cover City uh, sports contests that we've run between golf and uh, and football. So uh, way to get in the money, Nick. Way to go, kid. Yeah, another another DraftKings event coming up uh, this this weekend, obviously. Um uh, so find that link on Twitter and, and on Instagram. It fills up every week, doing good with it. We're we're hoping to, in the playoffs, bump it up. So a little higher cash payout. So if we get another 20 in this week, we'll just bump it up next week. The way it works, guys, is right now it's set at 20. Um, if you go anything higher and don't fill the, the contest, it deletes it. So what we would have to do is is make sure we get to that next number of 25. And then, and then all the payouts can start going upwards. And definitely – Especially as as the playoffs come near, I, I think the value for a lot of these players, uh, you know, is. We also see though, whenever it's a unique, you know, not just a regular season game, like like when we did the golf, uh, we did the Thanksgiving Day. Those those sold out basically, quick. like quick. Yep. Um, and at worst case, we'll just have to enter three times each ourselves to to fill it up. We'll do that for you. No worries. <laughs> Let's get into cover some Cover City Saloon Chalk. This is Cover City Saloon Talk. Uh, Steve-O, you, you were on Twitter saying you needed to, you were going to have to lick dog shit. Um, what white, happened, man? White dog crap. What well, are you, Ace Ventura? Well, Dave, no, it's actually um, Brennan uh, Huff from Step Brothers. If you're referring to me as Butt Buddy, yes, I do have a name. It's Brennan Huff. If you don't come over here and lick that white dog shit, I'm gonna plow into your nose with my fist. I am not licking any white dog shit. I'll lick the dog shit if you leave us alone. Dave, Cover City Saloon talk this week. Uh, I'm going to Disney Plus with the, with the next movie. I think I got a big idea coming out, and and the new movie is going to be called Forgetting Sarah Fuller. It's it's a you know a, a story of a, a young woman who joined the football team down at Vanderbilt University, kicked two extra points, but they didn't put her ass in to kick the 39 yard field goal. So it's all farce. It's all bullshit. The whole thing was bullshit. I know I said I'd eat dog crap or lick white dog crap or whatever I'm going to do, but I'm not doing it anymore. I'm taking it back, Dave, because 
It was all for show. It was all to kind of get publicity to a program that was in the shitter. And she's now moving back on to soccer and then transferring to North Texas. So there's no more. We're going to forget Sarah Fuller. There's the movie. Boom. Give me my money. So did did it work? Did the, her, if you if you're saying it's a publicity stunt, did the publicity stunt no work? made him look like a bunch of assholes? What they got they got a there's some rumors of a solid hire coming to Notre Dame or coming from Notre Dame. And I said I think I said this a few weeks back in the podcast. Um, it would have to be a young and upcoming coordinator that is wanting to make a name for themselves to go into the to the SEC country to compete with the Nick Sabins and the Lane Kiffins and and, and the, the the Floridas and Dan Mullins uh recruiting. They got 38 year old uh Clark Lee out of uh Notre Dame. He was a he's the DC there very very highly touted and he's actually a Nashville native himself. Clark Lee Griswold. Yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah cousin Eddie's coming over for Christmas with his RV so uh, he, he actually he he's a Vandy uh, football player himself. Oh uh, two to 04 played there, but he actually even started his college career trying to make it in baseball. Uh, went to Birmingham Southern College first, transferred to Belmont University, and then after that he walked on to the Vanderbilt football team. Um, so you know he's a Vanderbilt guy. Uh, they're bringing in their own. He's very highly touted, very just sought after, and highly spoke. And so he he has been hired. He has been hired as the next coach. Yep. Okay. I, I you know, thought it was young, weird. thirty-eight years old. I don't think they've they've uh, negotiated contracts or or at least released contracts. We got a verbal commitment. Yeah. At least. Yep. I think you know basically where Notre Dame stands right now in the playoff and in their season. I don't think that they want to take too much focus away from him there. But I don't think they want to take too much focus away from Notre Dame season. Um, and and I, I believe he wants to see this season out uh, because they, they have a possibility of going to the playoff and also competing uh, for a national title this year. So I think it's going to be a good young hire for the program. And and obviously there's only one place to go from here for Vanderbilt football, and that's up. So, uh, you know. Rue, what about you? What are you bringing to the saloon uh, this this week? So this one was a shocker to me, at least. I don't know about you guys, but uh, Gus Malzahn getting fired after eight season, eight seasons with the Tigers. Uh, he called the offense for him for a few years prior to that. Kind of writ the philosophy of the hurry up offense. Uh, had a pretty decent record, sixty-eight and thirty-five, uh, thirty-nine twenty-seven in the uh, SEC. Uh, I don't know when you guys put this stat in here. Only coach to ever beat Nick Saban at Alabama three times. Is that you, Steve-O? Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. absolutely incredible. Malzahn. It wasn't a bad day. I mean, if you get fired, there's that's, at least uh, that's what I was gonna say. Auburn sold their farm to get him out the door. Twenty-one million was the buyout. Was that it? Twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, seven. Twenty-one point seven million buyout, and they have to pay half of it within the ne- the the next thirty days. Woo. So the cr- the craziest part is all these teams cutting like athletic budgets due to the virus. I know. I think Auburn cut theirs about like ten percent. So this is it. It's just not an easy firing. No, it's 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 crazy. So ten point seven five million has got to come out. This is all booster money, though, guys. I mean, this is all big time booster money. And these boosters, you know, it's like you gave the guy eight seasons. He gave you a runner up in the national championship in two thousand thirteen. He won. He won the SEC in what two thousand seventeen, Rue? Yep. Uh. Yep. So, 
So he went to, you know, so it's not like he's a perennial loser like Vanderbilt was with Derek Mason and they had, they had to move on. You know, I think programs like Auburn's and like Alabama's and like Tennessee's, you know, they, they want to compete every Florida. They want to compete every single year for an SEC championship. And if you're not there, even for two years, you're on the hot seat. So it's like, is the grass greener on the other side? Who, you know, off the top of your head, can you throw anyone that could make the situation better at Auburn? It's tough. You know, the big names that are out there right now, Dave, are, are Hugh Freeze uh, from Liberty. Um, they're talking about Kevin Steele, who I, I believe is their D coordinator right now. I guess he's been impressing in interviews and kind of taking over the program for the, for the, you know, kind of the, Interim, yeah, interim, and and you know, recruiting's a hotbed today. Wednesday, as we're recording, was on national the early national signing day period. So his his name's out there. Um, you know, Jamie Chatworth there from uh, uh, Coastal. Is that his name? Did I pronounce? Uh, he it just right? signed a extension. He did yeah. twenty to two. Yeah, uh, Chadwell. Sorry, Jamie Chadwell. I apologize to the mullet nation out there, but you know, Woo! Jamie Chadwell's name came up. That was a that was a wound to the mullets. <laughs> I'll be honest, you know, it, it, it's tough. It, it's a tough gig, and it's it's. Oh, they also uh, Steve Sark, Mario Cristobal. Oh, Steve Sark, the OC at, at Bama, and then uh, Mario Cristobal from uh, from Oregon was a name, but I think he's in negotiations for an extension. And I think a lot of these coaches put their hat in the ring just so their current schools will boost them up and pay a little bit. Um, I think their agents are yeah, leveraging a potential offer. Yeah. Auburn won their side of the SEC in 2017, lost to Georgia in the uh, SEC title. Last time they won it outright was 2013. Okay. All right. So he won the SEC West. He won the SEC West in 2017, but uh, lost to the SEC championship. Ever game. since that game, though, he's been uh, 23 and 15. I, and obviously that doesn't cut it at programs like Auburn. So it's like, hey, you know what? It was he he got fired after a win, but he got $21 million. <laughs> he got 21 mil. I mean, you know, if you're gonna tell me to go sit home for the next five years and you're gonna pay me $21 million, sign me up. One thing I read about uh Gus Malzahn is that like he doesn't allow many people in his like I guess click. And then when it comes to like when it comes to plays, the inner circle tight. Yeah, when it comes to plays and like kind of diversifying your offense, he was always kind of the person like didn't want other teams knowing his plays, didn't want to kind of like open up to new ideas of football, and that's like obviously it's going to harm if you can't find exposure in your offense, you're never going to grow. Yeah, that's what they said about him. He he wouldn't let the reins go for play calling and really kind of hurt hurt him with the rest of the program because you know I think that to be a good head coach is you have to be a good delegator and you have to put the right pieces around you to help you do the job that you can do as a head coach. And it just seemed like Gus kind of failed in that category, but Dave, why don't we move on to you and your saloon talk? I'm going right back to where we were last week, Steve. <laughs> I, I Florida's loss this weekend just proves that a OSU or the big 10, no one in there should be in the college football playoff. Um, I think the, the debate here is, you know, you could make the argument you teams get better as they progress through the season. And so, you know, playing 10 games compared to six, they have an advantage, um, but not when it comes to qualifying for something. OK, so Florida is now out because they played their ninth game of the season. You can't tell me OSU could go play Texas A&M, Florida, Alabama, 
and you know they're gonna they're or whoever they're gonna play in three weeks and just automatically win three games, especially in, in an SEC schedule. Not by any stretch of imagination. Sorry, four games to be guaranteed. So I thought Florida's loss this weekend proved that OSU should not be in the playoffs. Um, Florida should have blamed that game on COVID and not played, just like OSU did in the beginning of the year to only have a six-game schedule and to only play Big Ten teams. That was, I mean, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you here because I, I get your point and I see where you're going with it. But it wasn't up to OSU. It was a, the Big Ten canceled on them. You know, they, it was the conference that made the mistake there. But I do agree. So, you know, that, but that's your conference, and you you have to stand with your conference, right? And so you're not in a as competitive conference, and so you're not in an as competitive conference, and your conference isn't being competitive. That should have effect on you getting into the playoffs. Let, let's look at like so Texas A and M. They have one loss to Bama, and how is OSU ahead of Texas A and M? Because they just look better and because OSU last year looked better. That's why they're in. That's why they're in. I, my biggest pet peeve with OSU being in is that they've always been in. They've never been out. They should have had to earn their way in. They should have started the season outside of the top four. And they never had to do that. Never had to fight to get in. Because if they're on the outside looking in, they wouldn't be getting put in. But since they just stayed in, even when teams had four wins and they still had zero, they just stayed in. So as six and all, if they win this week, which I'm going to predict that in my Stewart's butter hard roll, but anyway, six and all, are they in over a two loss Florida team or not in over a two loss Florida team or say A&M no, goes and loses to Tennessee this week? Are they in, you know, are they out because of, you know, a two loss A&M or two loss Clemson if Clemson loses to Notre Dame? So, so that that's where you. I mean, you got to take that week by week. But no, I, I think they should be out. I think they should be disqualified from the from the college football playoffs. Six six games. It's just so. So here's the thing: like Texas A M has one loss to Bama. Florida has one loss to Texas A and M. So like, how? I mean, how how can a loss after six games hurt a team if they can't even play six games? Well, Florida's got two losses now. They do now because now. after their six. Oh, after their, their six, six game. game. Oh, okay. It would only be one loss. Listen, this season we can screwy. go back and forth on this a lot. Oh, you! I'm just my. I mean, I, and and I don't disagree. I do disagree with with your take on it. I just I can see how you you're coming out. Hey, the four best teams should be playing each other, and I agree. OSU is one of the four best teams, but they but don't. They haven't done it. enough this year didn't to earn be it. put in. They didn't. Earn then it. basically, you're just telling the committee this is an eye test, and so next year. If the big if if OSU plays the Big Ten again, Big Ten is weak, and they just schedule you know some BS out of conference games. Do they still pass from the eye test, or or, the, or does it change year to year? I think Are teams told this before they make a schedule. I think Justin Fields adds a totally different dynamic with that team. I don't think that they would have been as highly thought of if they didn't have that re returning. Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, and and they're they're you know they're still Ohio State, but. When you don't have that top caliber quarterback, you know, you're not going to be looked at on a on a higher scale like these other teams. Yeah. And so the key word you said there was returning. And so that's what bothers me is that the 2019 season is having an impact on them being in the top four in 2020. Dave, in the instance Ohio State wins the national championship, are we going to get an apology from you? Absolutely not. They didn't <laughs> deserve to be there. See, they ain't beating Bama. They deserve to be there. It's just like it'd be, 
It'd be like if a team like uh, there was uh, some just bogus mix-up in the NCAA tournament for basketball, and a team got in that just clearly didn't belong. And, and they went they out and won it. it. It's just like it's it just was like like, uh, like you know, but teams like Loyola Chicago and those things where they basically sneak in, you know, uh, barely win in their conference and get an automatic bid in, and then they make it all the way to the Final Four. I think that adds to the excitement of it all. But at the end of the day, I don't want to watch Cincinnati. I don't want to watch Coastal Carolina. I don't want to watch BYU. I want to watch Ohio State. I want to watch Clemson. I want to watch. Alabama's of the world like those are the teams that I want to tune in to to really get into those games and fortunately for me that's how this season's kind of playing out but you still got to play the games so so let's let's roll this into our our first topic of the week here which is would you rather see a 16 team playoff so basically someone put out an image on social media this week share visualizing what a 16 16 team playoff would look like in college football this year um and so steve is this something you would be opposed to or is this something you would welcome now me personally dave and this is my take on it i think a 16 team playoff would give you less of the bogus bullshit bowl games that who cares about the outback bowl who cares about the you know the western union bowl like these are bowls that you tune into but the kids themselves don't even get up for them or they they opt out not to play so if you're going to expand the bowl season and and do it as a playoff i I think it can add to the excitement i know you had said to me in conversation before that you think it would take away from the regular season which it may and it may not because you're still going to have to vie for the top 16 spots you're still going to have a committee naming the top 16 teams and at the end of the day is it going to be the top 4 more than likely it's going to be the top 4 but you know in this in this for instance you have you know Georgia uh, as 9 and Cincinnati as 8 and it's like Cincinnati's getting Cincinnati's getting jobbed in a lot of people's minds that they're not part of this top four. They're not even in consideration for the top four. They've got AM and a two-loss Florida team ahead of them. But now it's like, okay, they're going to play a two-loss Georgia team in the first round of this playoff in a bowl game that more than likely, you know, a lot of the players wouldn't play if those two teams were playing, even if it was a, you know, a New Year's six game. Um, you know. Now you can see if these big powerhouse SEC teams that we say, geez, these guys are the, they're the top tier. Can can these non-power five teams hang with them? So I think it adds a, a different dynamic and a, and a different level of excitement to the bowl season. You know, I'm not. It's kind of above my pay grade to say, well, you know, you'll take this bowl game out. You'll start the bowl the, the playoff at this time. But one double A's done it. You know for how many years now and and it's been successful so i think it can be done but i don't think changing it from four to eight makes much of a difference because then nine and ten are gonna bitch but if you're one through 16 hey it, it i think it'd be pretty cut and dry to get a playoff from, from there yeah absolutely especially with like a 16th seed team you know, for them to make a run, it's not like college basketball making a run. Right. They have to week, you know, for for three straight weeks, take on three top football teams, Power and that houses. is, yeah, powerhouses that have way more depth than they do. Not an easy task. Um, but so I, what I love about college football, which I think we forget a lot, is that basically every week is a playoff game in college football. Not 
hundred percent, you can lose and, and still win a championship, but you can't lose twice. No. So there is, I think there's an aspect to college football that, that we would miss. And it's the fact that every week, every team plays as if it's do or die. So I think it would diminish the regular season a lot. Um, it's college football is the only sport period that is built that way that if you lose basically more than once or even just have one bad loss like see the season's over your postseasons you know dreams are are, are shot well, and that's i think a big thing with a and m right now it's their loss to bama was so bad people are holding that against them but it's alabama like you know alabama is like they're rolling everyone just rolling every they lost by like what 20 i think to texas saying that or texas a&m lost by about 20 ish it was was 42 to 20 or something yeah you know so and and technically that that was probably one of the closer games that bama's played this year so you know it's it's tough but then now if you do a playoff like this a&m's playing a 12 seed indiana so it's like okay so then you know then they go from the winner of that to the four seed you know 413 which would set up you know to be possibly ohio state so then you get that game in the second round of the playoffs and and i think the big thing about these bowl games and it's for the universities and the conferences not so much the players or the coaches care so much but it's the big money the big tv money in you know, in these bowl games that that these conferences want to keep playing and want to add more and add more. So, Steve, let me pose this. So, th- this is what I thought as like a workaround that like a kind of meet in the, in the middle. What if what if conferences had a playing game to the championship? So, for instance, the top three in the SEC right now is uh, Bama, Texas A and M, and and who? Florida, uh, Florida, uh, Florida is still would still be considered the third. Yep. So, f- what if Florida had to play? Um, Texas A&M to get into their championship. So number two and number three play to play the one seed of of the conference. So the way like the, the way the ACC fell this year, they just lumped everything into the two best teams playing right. each other. Now the way the SEC and the Big Ten are working it, or even the Pac-12 um, and the, and the Big Ten or Big Twelve, um, there's there's two conferences within. There's two divisions within the conference. Um, where I think it would work better if you actually just so you just had a clear cut number one, whether the conference is split in half or not. Here's like Alabama. Here's one and they here's are clear two. cut number one, and then you take the next two best teams. However, you got you got to split it, and they play it for a buy in game, and then play you know who would be Alabama. Let's just say in the in the SEC championship game. I think that would be great. I think I like the way the ACC did it this year. It's the two best teams. It's not It's not like Miami gets in a lot of years because they're beating up on, you know, Wake Forest and Louisville and, and you know, Florida State's it's basically a weaker for, half of the conference. It's just a conference. weaker half of yeah. the conference. So it's like, okay, and, you know, Florida State's in Clemson's conference. Like, well, you can basically kiss your fucking chances goodbye in week two. You know, it's almost like being a Giants fan the last four years. But – you know, I think I think there's going to be there's definitely going to be an adjustment. There's going to be a change. They're, they're going to do something um, when when the, the the new contract is up. And I think they're signed. I want to say another two years, two or three years, maybe. I could be wrong, but they they, they have a contract with this fourteen playoff, and 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 once that's up, they're going to expand. Yeah, I think this year definitely exposed the you know what, what how. How do we start a season not knowing how someone gets into the playoffs? I mean, I'm bashing on on OSU, but like 
you know, if they if they do, if things play out the way they are and they're in the top four, I will be obviously excited to watch OSU uh, play, you know, for a shot to win it all. So so the rumor, uh, I, the rumor has it that the virus was man-made to see how the college football playoffs would react to Ohio State in the Big Ten. How adaptable is the NCAA college playoffs? This is a way to get out of pandemic, get out of the college football playoffs and expand to something big, else. The powers that be are they literally created the entire virus just to see how just just, how college football could could handle it and play out. Well, I can tell you one thing: they accomplished. They fucked my emotions, and I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I just want to watch some college football and not worry about a game getting canceled. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and roll that into this week's conspiracy of the week. talking about the the paul brothers or as you like to call them the rupaul sisters the rupaul sister what's rupaul rupaul he's RuPaul. a drag queen uh, oh. from from the 90s mtv beach something or i don't know so we got jake and paul right no they're, nope. they're they jake are and logan. jake and logan, <laughs> logan. Paul. a bunch of first names yeah a lot of first names yeah never George trust a guy with two first names you know yeah, absolutely you got two of them here and this, this is it. why we don't trust them shitty people yeah, so so never trust a guy with two first names, and uh, here we have two of them, and that's just one of the reasons why we, we don't trust what's going on here. So so for those who don't know, the Paul brothers basically started out on Vine. They went super viral making entertainment videos or just videos to, I don't know, just social media videos. Got started putting their stuff on YouTube, became multimillionaires off it. Basically, they are like social media the, the upper echelons of social media. There's probably not many people that make more money than they do on it. Um, but so like what, what we're asking here really is like, are, are we kind of being manipulated by them? So um, I'm going to get the brothers mixed up, but Logan is fighting Floyd May- Mayweather in a boxing match. And then the younger brother um, who just knocked Nate Robinson just out. Absolutely. Is basically pleading to get McGregor to, to, to fight him. And so there's some antics that went on this week. Uh, Jake Paul basically un- unfollowed everyone on Instagram except for McGregor's wife. Um, fiance, but go. Fiance. And uh, he was throwing toilet paper and water balloons at Dylan Donis, his so McGregor's trainer. Then additionally followed his girlfriend on Instagram, who apparently he used to date prior. He offered a $50 million offer apparently to McGregor to box him. Uh, McGregor has yet to reply. So I guess our conspiracy here is how much of this is fixed? How much of this is scripted? And is this something you want to see? I think it's a, I think it's all publicity. I think it's, it's all that social media bullshit. Uh, It's, it's the problem with our world today. It's a problem with our society that touch holes like these two kids are, are getting their names out there. You know, I I, I put, throw that fucking kid in the octagon. Dana White, please, I know you're listening. I know you listen to Cover City every week. I know you got us tuned in. Put that little punk bitch in the octagon. And the best thing is, is Dana White did come back because whatever Paul sister was f- throwing fire out there on social media was basically calling out Dana White, telling him he's a pussy. McGregor's a pussy. His fiance's a four. Colin could do better. So Dana White's comeback was, how about I let Amanda Nunez kick your ass? 
she's the uh, I think she holds two two division class uh, belts uh, for the female divisions. I would love to see her beat the piss out of that kid in, in the octagon. Just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, and I mean, so clearly the Paul brothers are both playing the villain card here, and I think as some someone mentioned that um, the broadcasters and they're playing it extremely well. Like, they got you fired got up. Fired they got up. you fired up. Yeah. Look at you over. Nate Diaz is 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 another UFC fighter that's been spouting back on social media, basically saying, you know, you you're gonna get your punk mouth shut. And I'm gonna shut it for you. You know, you don't want any of this heat. And I I, I see no reason why McGregor would take this fight. Absolutely no reason. He he could fight a lot of people and pay per view and can generate fifty million from paper from pay per view from it. A lot of people. He he doesn't need a YouTube star to do this. And I know the Paul brothers are are superstars in their own world, yep. YouTube world. Um, but I would absolutely love to see him fight Amanda Nunes. Uh, Rue, what you you you're kind of the insider here. How do, what, what do you take here? So, like, my first thought with, like, the whole Jake Paul, Nate Robinson thing was, like, oh, kind of cool. Bring some notice to, like, boxing. It's not the most, like, you know, biggest popular sport. So, it was kind of cool. But I was, like, you know, it's kind of turned into disgrace with uh, now uh, Logan Paul and Mayweather and now Jake Paul calling out McGregor. But I don't think people understand that, like, McGregor is probably one of, if not the, like, best striker in the in UFC history. And he went, you know, whatever it was, six or eight rounds on a TKO with the best fighter of all time. So, I mean, to think these guys, pound for pound. So to think these guys can step in the ring with someone professional at these levels, they're going to be swinging out of air. And, like, Jake Paul obviously trained more than Nate Robinson, or was better looking than Nate Robinson in the ring. But I just Yeah, form-wise. He just, he couldn't hold either of their jock straps, and it's obviously a publicity stunt. And they do a great job with the villain card because it's like McGregor his whole life has been – you know the asshole. He's been the villain, and now it's like everybody wants him to punch him out. What? What? What do you do? You think the the stunt with Jake Paul throwing toilet paper and water balloons was just a pure setup? Yeah, oh, hundred percent, it was. I so Brandon Schwab has this uh, or Schwab. He was a former UFC fighter. Has this not podcast, but the show. They test food or whatever. And Logan, Jake's brother, was on it the other day. And then Dylan Danis was on it today. So they obviously set this thing up just to, you know, more publicity. I mean, look at us. We're talking about it. No, but I mean, it, is, about it, it is entertaining. He's I, I will the, say that. He's extremely. In of, he's in the back of a pickup truck throwing toilet paper and water balloons at a guy. You know, as he's driving away, he's calling him a pussy. It's like, well, you're the one driving away. Well, like, it, 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 it's all scripted. It's all the conspiracy to I'm, fucking piss me off. That's he's, all Yeah, he's got the platform to talk as much shit as he wants and people are going to listen. This is exactly what they're good at is getting people talking about him, paying attention to him. So, um, you know, Steve, you, you said that why do these people have a platform? Because they're they're good at what they're doing. Fuckers. Yeah, absolutely. They're uh, good at it. He sent him a 50 million dollar offer. I don't like do we I mean, do you guys see this fight happening between Jake Paul and Conor no. McGregor? Conor McGregor has everything to lose and nothing to gain. Because if he does get his ass knocked out by a YouTube star, then where does that leave him in the rest of the world? So, so, so they had a good point on this, though. It was like, there's two things that can happen. A really sick upset or Conor McGregor knocking a Paul brother out. Like I said, I think McGregor could could get a $50 million fight and hold his dignity doing it. And I, but I think this leads to uh, someone under McGregor coming in the fight so it's not going to be him versus mcgregor but it's going to be him versus you know someone else in, in the ufc arena all right boys let's wrap this rupaul talk up because we got football to talk about baby 
Uh, all right, so we, we've been talking about if Steve has been talking about. Hopefully, the Paul brothers getting getting beat up and beat up good. Steve, where where did we get beat up good last week? What was the bad beat of the week? Dave, it was tough, but not for me because I had the Ravens, baby. <laughs> Browns, Ravens, Monday Night Football, probably the craziest ending to a game that I've ever witnessed. Rue, did did you see it? Oh, so I stayed up the whole. I stayed up for the whole game. I know you, old sacks, had work the next morning. So I wasn't. I wasn't firing any texts in the group chat. But oh my god, incredible game! Lamar shit his pants. Then came back on fourth and five after after uh, Trey McSorley blew his knee out or hurt himself. I you know I I, I hope uh, the best for him. But uh, came back fourth and five, throws a touchdown pass, takes the lead. Game goes back and forth. Cleveland got the ball back with like a minute, 52 seconds left, drove all the way down the field, scored in one minute, kicked the ball off. Uh, the Ravens drove down to, you know, the, the Brown side of the field, you know, friggin' arguably one of the, yeah, 55 yard uh, field goal by, uh, by, by Justin Tucker, arguably definitely the best kicker in, in, in the NFL right now, arguably mm-hmm. one of the better ones of all time. He hits a 55-yard field goal to, to put the Ravens up three. Well, my line was three and a half. A lot of people had it at three, so a lot of people were thinking push, uh, it, you know, if they had uh, Browns or the Ravens, or if they had the Browns, they were thinking push. I'm, I, it would have been a loss for me. Then the, then the Ravens go kick the ball off, and, and if you haven't seen it, Google it. We'll put it on our Twitter I think we did put it on our Twitter Monday morning or Tuesday morning, but but the the, the kickoff and and the the the, the throw behinds and the throwbacks and threw it into the end zone safety cover city. Give me my money. It was it was insane. It was one of the worst beats I've ever seen for anybody that had the Browns. It had to have been like a some are saying right it was easy ball. money. Easy money. It's they easy to say easy happen. money after the fact. You didn't win if it's not easy money. <laughs> oh, so um, what's his name? Uh, the Browns kicker, whatever the fuck it is, he he uh, missed a field goal and uh, an extra point or two. So some are saying that's on his ass. Cody Cody Parkey, Cody, all oh, that little punk bitch from Chicago, the Bears. Yup, the doink doink. Oh, yeah. The one that's gonna fuck him over in the playoffs once they get he'll the, get on Good Morning. Card. Listen, he'll get on Good Morning America again this week. He'll be fine. He'll get another job somewhere else. He'll be crying like a little bitch. Moving on, discussion number two this week, Dave. I think we said we are going to uh, wonder what team is the next team to take a second round, just in case, quarterback. Yeah, so we saw obviously Hertz come in, uh, lead the Saint or lead the Eagles to a win over the New, New Orleans Saints this week. Kind of questionable why they took him in the second round. Uh, seems to kind of work and make sense a little bit now, but the Eagles really put themselves in a, a, a in a tough situation here. Basically, Philadelphia signed Wentz to a four year, hundred and twenty eight million dollar contract extension last year that kicks in for the two thousand twenty one season. Um, which includes about 70 mil guaranteed. So next year, Wentz will account for 35 million on the Eagles salary cap, which is about 17%. Um, and a lot of people in the sports world are claiming Hurts the new starter. Potentially, maybe they they duke it out in camp to for Wentz to you know take take the job back. Um, I think people are a little overreacting with Hurts' performance. Yeah, obviously it's outstanding to see him come and take on New Orleans like that in his first role, but sometimes 
the first few starts are the easiest, easiest. I guess, yeah. for them. You know, there's there's no tape on them in the NFL. You don't know what's coming at you. I mean, he had he was 17 for 30, 167 yards, one TD, 106 yards rushing. Kind of reminds me of the stat line that team, Tim Tebow had in his first outing. You and know, it, you know what the big uh, line that I took away from that game though, Dave, zero sacks. He didn't give up. He didn't. He didn't get sacked. Where Carson Wentz was getting sacked four or five times a game, and he was holding the ball too long, and he wasn't making the right decisions or the right reads. So, you know, to to say that they're going to compete next year, I think I just think at this point, it's, I think you have to just say it, given how much money they're paying him. Sure, you know, or, you, you know what it is. This is dead money. Think, think about his trade value, though. You don't want to you don't want to put his nothing trade value if, in if the he, shitter. Exactly, what do you, what do you, it's nothing you know, if you just put him on the bench. But if somebody trades for him, they got to pay him. They got to oh, pay that contract. So it's almost like, you know, and, and they can't release him because so much money that, you know, goes against the cap, like you said. So it's basically a lose-lose for, for Philly. You know, it was, I guess, good that they they went and got uh, a quarterback like Hurts that hopefully they can rely on. But like you said, once the film comes out, once these defensive coordinators can really hone in on, on what he's doing and, and what – it takes we're not by any means saying he might not be the next guy in philly or just saying hold hold the phone a little bit on he's 100 it you know what i mean um i I guess one other thing just to to point out there is is so obviously the question is who's the next what's the next team to do this i mean you got to look at a team like the new york giants the way their defense is playing right now the, the their biggest hamstring and i don't no pun intended with daniel jones right now and a hamstring injury but um, he's really digressed. Is that the word? Is that the SAT regressed. word of the week? Regressed. <laughs> Son of a motherland. Anyway. Christmas season, baby. But anyway, he he's regressed uh, in, in his sophomore year. So sophomore slump for Daniel Jones. So it's like, you know, are they going to waste a first round pick again on a quarterback? Possibly not. But Dave, this year uh, amongst many it, it, is – probably the deepest quarterback draft class that I can remember in recent memories. You know, you got your Lawrence's, your fields, um, your Lance's that are definitely going to go in the first round. Um, and then you have your second tier guys like, like Mac Jones and Zach Wilson from BYU. And you got Kyle Trask from Florida who had an unbelievable season this year in this crazy year that, that, that we did have. Um, then you have Kellen Mond who's done pretty decent um, at Texas A&M. Uh, you got Purdy from Iowa State. You got Ellinger from Texas. You got Ian Book, who I think, you know, could be a very serviceable quarterback moving forward for an NFL franchise and a guy that really isn't getting much love at all on any level um, for for what he's accomplished at Notre Dame. I think uh, one more win would put him as the the winningest quarterback ever in Notre Dame history. And, you know, I, I – I just think a team like New York could take a flyer in a second round or a third round on one of these second tier guys. I, I could see a team where their quarterback is still young doing it, but I still kind of still disagree with the Eagles doing it. If you're going to give someone that much money, you might as well just build around them. You're it's, I mean, it, it's technically kind of a sunk cost, but good luck. Good luck building around uh, around Hurts now. But did they did they ruin the kid? Like is 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 Carson Wentz ruined? How do you pay someone 128 million dollars? The contract doesn't kick in until until 2021 and draft a quarterback 
in, 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 in the, the second in between round. years. Right, in right. Between 2019 and 2021, it kicks in, in the middle. You draft a second-round quarterback. It, right, in the second round. What, it's not what? like you got him in the sixth round like Tom Brady and, geez, he, he exactly. just fell into he, shit. The team should take a quarterback every single year in the sixth round just if, if, if uh, absolutely. for it. Yeah, well, why not? In the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Take a flyer. Take a flyer. But, no, I mean, what? Well, yeah, but that one might have hurt him mentally, and you could say that's weak, but who cares? It's, it's, it's a real thing that could have happened. Right. And now, now it's just like, okay, now Hertz is in a terrible situation to take over the franchise because that 17% of their cap is going to dead weight. Yeah, so you're not going to put the right pieces around him. And then maybe next year, if they do get their old line back to full strength and, you know, they can be more efficient uh, at the running back position with, with the, you know, injuries to Sanders most of the year. And then even in the wide receiver core, I mean, we think we've said it a million times, you know, Wentz was throwing to uh, – the baggers on market 32 yeah, market 32 baggers but you know what the thing dave that i did witness from hertz is he made better decisions with the football he didn't hold on to it he didn't throw it into traffic he made better reads so you know again it might be they don't have enough film on him so they're not putting you know pressuring him in the right spots or putting him in the position to where he's gonna fail but you know i just no we're not trying to say hurts is gonna fail by any stretch of the imagination this isn't a hurts conversation it just hurts is the guy that came in it's more like a eagles management and and wentz conversation um to wrap it up i mean congrats to to hurts it's a i think it's i think at the same it's almost a blow to the eagles at the same time miles sanders showed up last week too no he did he did play well and but here's the thing and here's the most screwed up part about this nfc east is that the eagles win this week it's wild it's wild and, and the washington football team loses they're half a game out of first place half a game for for being dead 10 times like the giants the same way it's like the giants were dead they were one and seven now they won four in a row now NFC we got, we got like them in the Ohio super bowl State. last they week. just don't belong they just don't belong in the playoffs <laughs> no disqualify them. i disagree well, this is such a competitive division We've never seen com like competition Shut like this the in the fuck NFL up. before. Moving on. <laughs> we cut you off. Let's get into the games of the week, Dave, because I'm fired up for these games. Uh, all right. Yeah, first game of the week, Friday night, 8 o'clock. Oregon takes on number 13, USC. It's uh, USC is minus three uh, with a 63 and a half point over for the Pac-12 championship. And so here's another like screwy covid season here oregon wasn't even supposed to play in the game it was supposed to be washington but washington couldn't uh feel the team for the game so instead of canceling the game and moving it they gave it to oregon so oregon's gonna play usc uh oregon is five and three uh in in money line bets in their last eight games against usc um but they're two and three uh this year against the spread um I think the bet to to kind of look at in this game might be the over under. Um, you got you got Oregon's three and one against against over unders this year, uh, but USC's one and four. Uh, but but uh, the lines actually moved up, and I think it has a lot to do with the way these offenses have been playing uh, of late. I think USC uh, USC's offense is definitely clicking here, so. Um, if, if I'm going to kind of sway the listeners uh, for a bet in this game, um, I, I, I do think it's, it is it is tough to call, but I would say lay the three points and take the Trojans here. I think offensively they're playing well. Oregon lost their last two. 
they're not they're not doing the things they need to be doing to to be a winning uh, football team right now. So take the Trojans, take the points, and Kevin, what's it, Slovich, 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 then we got number uh, 14, Northwestern, versus uh, number four, your your Buckeyes at Ohio State. Buc- uh, the Buckeyes minus 20 and a half with an over-under of 57. Dave, I have to leave my uh, I have to leave my opinions out of this one until my Stewart's Butter Hard Roll because this is a, this is the game I'm rolling. I'm this is rolling the game for the hard deep. roll. And so let, let's move on. We got uh, number eleven Oklahoma, which is uh, minus five versus number seven Iowa State, the Big Twelve Championship over under at fifty eight. Uh, uh, one of the better games of the weekend, Steve. What do you think, Dave? I bold print, big time exclamation points. Over City, baby. This game is going over. Uh, Iowa State beat uh, Oklahoma earlier in the season. I think it was uh, October 3rd. Beat them 37 to 30. Uh, last five games, Iowa State's over uh, averaging 40 points per game. Oklahoma's averaging 45 points per game. I'm going over. Big 12, big points, big overs. Give me my money. Uh, three thirty game on ESPN is number nineteen Louisiana uh, at number twelve Coastal Carolina. Um, this is uh Coastal Carolina's minus four here with the spread at or with the over under at fifty four and a half. Dave, this is the uh, Louisiana University Mud Dogs. I get right there, Carolina. I ran out. Ha ha. It's the Mud Dogs versus the Mullets. Uh, in the Sun Belt Championship here, Dave. Uh, as Rooster uh, mentioned earlier in the pod, uh, Coastal locked up their coach till 2027 with a pretty hefty extension. Um, so I- I'm rolling mullets here, Rue. I think I think you would have to agree with me on that one, wouldn't you? Goddamn right, baby. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Ain't my sleep, my sister, not going to be me. me. Woo! At 4 o'clock, we got number three, Clemson, uh, given – the, the the Vegas is showing Notre Dame no respect putting Clemson at minus 10 and a half um, ACC championship uh, Notre Dame or the over under on that one 61 and a half Notre Dame 300 money line plus 300 Dave Notre Dame's the Rodney danger field of college football this year and I I think of a lot of it has to go back to their their past in, in these big games where they haven't uh, shown up or shown out or whatever however you want to put it uh, but I'm I'm calling them the Rodney Dangerfield of college football this year, and I, I just think ten and a half is too many points for the Fighting Irish. I think the way that they're playing, they're clicking on offense, they're clicking on defense, uh, they're running the ball well. Ian Book's playing uh, to win games; he's not you know, making bad mistakes. So I, I really think that that the Irish definitely keep it within a touchdown. And uh, I think a, a, another line to look at in this game is that that over under. Um, I would key in on the over for this game, Dave. Uh, you got Clemson averaging 46 points a game, Notre Dame averaging 37 points per game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring shootout. So I'm looking at the Irish to cover the spread, and I'm looking at uh, a little bit of over city here. Over city, SEC championship game at 8 o'clock on CBS, number one Alabama, minus 17 and a half versus number six Florida. You, you stopped rolling tide last week. They rolled you. Are you trying to get back on, Dave? It's like the Eddie Murphy coming to America uh, when you know when he halts the cab, you know, in the middle of, the, of JFK. He's like, you know, 
the cab driver calls him a dumb fuck. I feel like it's Jake from coming to America calling me a dumb fuck. And I'm in the back talking to semi going, what does dumb fuck mean? What does dumb fuck mean? I fucking, why wouldn't I roll with the tide? I said, I'm going to roll with the tide till they rolled me, but I rolled my fucking self. So this week I'm going tide, baby, roll tide. Tide's going to bulldoze the Gators bulldoze them they are going to punish them they're going to make dan mullins cry on the sidelines like a little bitch roll tide roll tide getting in the nfl games of the week we have two games on saturday uh starting at 4 30 uh the bills are minus six and a half versus denver with an over under a 50 dave the bills are hot bills are you know putting it on teams that they are uh they're playing well i uh there's definitely a lot at stake for them. Um, I, I do believe if they, they win this game, they, they have a pretty good chance of locking up the AFC East. I think six and a half might be too much for Denver's defense. And I think when Drew Locke is healthy and the wide receivers uh, for the Broncos are healthy, I think that their offense does does what it needs to do to keep them in games. Um, so I, I'm actually going to roll with the Broncos in this game. I'm going to, I'm going to, Take the points. Give me the six and a half, and I'm going to take the Broncos. Bro, I see your facial expression. Wow. That's, that's wow. Listen, I'm not saying the Bills lose the game. I'm not saying they lose the game, just like I didn't think the Dolphins would win the game last week, but I thought they would cover the line, and it was a backdoor, another backdoor great cover to a time, baby. But uh, I can't wait for this backdoor cover because the Buffalo's been rolling. No, they have been. They they've been doing well. I just think this might be a, you know, a, I I don't want to say a letdown game for them because I don't ex- think they're gonna have many more of them moving forward. But maybe just a game where they're they're not looking to to really steamroll somebody. Excited for this one. It's Saturday night at eight fifteen, Carolina plays the Packers. Packers are minus eight and a half with an over under a fifty two. You know what, Dave, with, with this game and. Uh, the way the Packers have been kind of rolling here, I, you know, I, I I think it's tough to lay that many points um, to to really anybody. They're not. They're eight and five against the spread this year. I, I don't know. I, I just think it's too many points in my opinion. I think that the Panthers can keep it close enough. Still, Packers win the game. They do have a lot at stake here. I think. They they win this game. They put themselves in the driver's seat for home field advantage for the you know the NFC playoffs. So I, I definitely think the Packers and Aaron Rodgers get it done. Um, but I don't know if they they cover that 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 eight and a half. And then moving into Sunday at one o'clock, Seahawks minus five at Washington uh, over under forty three and a half. A lot at stake in this game, Dave. A lot at stake. Uh, Seahawks have kind of been playing down. Uh, the last few weeks, so they kind of got to show their uh, their dominance in the NFC to to prove that they are a, a team to be reckoned with uh, moving forward in the playoffs. And then you have the Washington football team that basically went from being out of it to being in the top of the you know the NFC East. I know it didn't take much to get there, but they're playing very good football right now. Uh, they're playing very efficient on offense, and their 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 defense has has been given you know, offenses uh, on opposing teams fits. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, it seems like every week that, that I do bet against the the football team that they beat me. Um, so it's in, it's in FedEx field in Washington. I'm going to take the points in this one. I'm going to take the five and, and go with the, 
with the football team. But I think a lot of that has to do with Alex Smith's uh, health. So he came maybe. out with just a cramp, I think. A yeah, cramp. So I, I think he's OK there. What about the Patriots at the Dolphins? Dolphins favored by two and a half here. Uh, probably the first time favored against the Patriots in a while, but uh, over under 41 and a half. You know, how how much does Bill Belichick want to play spoiler for the Dolphins? You know, uh, you know, AFC East rival. Uh, Dolphins need this game. They need this win uh, to to stay in the hunt for the playoffs for the NFC or AFC right now. They're they hold the final spot. Um, and you know, this is a big game moving forward for them, a uh, big divisional game and, and it kind of a big confidence booster. Um, I, I think Tua his he showed last week against Kansas city that he can play at a top elite level. So I'm going to, I'm going to lay the points or I'm going to give the points. I'm going to take the dolphins minus two and a half. And then, uh, for the four o'clock games, we have, uh, Hertz versus, uh, Murray Murray's minus seven here with the over under 48. You think, uh, you think hurts to get it done again again it, you know it's it, it's a big line um I, games like this you, you kind of wonder why that line is so much you know like last week why was it so low against the giants because the giants just came off a big win against the seahawks now why is it so high after eagles just came off a, a huge win against you know one of the top teams in the nfc the, the saints so this is a tough game to call. This is, uh, you know, my mind's telling me, I'm like R. Kelly, my mind's telling me cards, but my body, my body is telling me fly eagles. I'm going to fly eagles. Let's go. Like that singing, Rudy, like that shit. We got the Chiefs minus three and a half against, uh, against the Saints over unders 51 and a half. Uh, Chiefs have been obviously rolling, but but not by much. Yeah, they're playing. They're 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 playing. They're 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 doing what they need to do to win games. They're not they're not blowing teams out, but um, they're winning. They're winning. They're coming through with the win, and that's ultimately the biggest thing. At the end of the year, you don't go well in week seventeen or week eight. The the Chiefs only won by four points. No, you just they're fifteen and one. Um, right now, I just heard reports that Drew Brees might get cleared to practice. I don't know if that means he's going to get cleared uh, to play in this game. If if Taysom Hill is behind center for the Saints, I'm I'm rolling with the Chiefs all day. I think I think their offense is going to put up numbers. I think the big debate is that the Saints are the best the defense. defense in football, which I just you know I, I guess you can say from a, a yardage standpoint, they've given up the least amount of yards as any any team in the NFL. Uh, the points per game are a little bit more than a few other teams, but they're the third ranked defense. Uh, in the NFL right now, I just think the Chiefs' offense is is that good. Um, and if Jalen Hurts beat him with his arm and his legs or whatever he, he might, you know, whatever he did, Patrick Mahomes is, uh, you know, he's miles and miles ahead of that. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to I'm going to give the points and roll with roll with the Chiefs. And so our last game here, the eight o'clock games, uh, Browns are minus four and a half against the Giants uh, with a forty five and a half point. Over under, uh, Daniel Jones is questionable, and the Browns are obviously coming off that tough, tough loss. Yeah, so that was like another kind of, you know, questionable. Not another, but it, I would say probably one of his first questionable moves that 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 Joe Judge made of letting Daniel Jones play injured because he wasn't mobile, he couldn't get out of the pocket. You knew it; everyone knew it. You know, watching the game. 
Uh, he, he, what, they didn't move the ball on offense. Um, they, they knew basically when Jones dropped back, he was passing the ball. Um, so, you know, now he's got a calf injury on the other leg. I, you know, I, I think the Browns, the way that they're playing right now and how they're gelling, I, I just think it's going to be way too much for the Giants to, to, to overcome. I, I think even like last week watching the Giants defense came up with stops time and time again, but they got too tired because the offense put them in bad field position. So I, I see a little bit of the same happening with the Browns. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give the points uh, or I'll, I'll lay the point, whatever I'm going to fucking do. I'm going with the fucking Browns. Take us back to Northwestern, number 14 at Ohio State. Give us that buttered hard roll. Can I get $20 on number seven at Daily Racing Form? A pack of new parts and how about a buttered hard roll? Yo, Leonard, you hear that shit in the booth? You hear that? What's that sound like to you, Leonard? This is the train, baby. This is the Ohio State Buckeye train rolling through the Big Ten championship game. And they gonna they gonna ride the train, Dave. Get off the tracks. Ohio State's coming through. They need a big win, and Northwestern's D doesn't have enough Viagra in the whole state of Illinois to keep up with the Buckeyes offense. Blowout city, baby. And what I'm gonna give you guys this week, I'm gonna tell you right now. Parlay it with the over because Ohio State themselves are going to get close to that over under. So go with the parlay pick of the day, Ohio State and the over. And if you want a little three team action in there for the crack spoon parlay pick of the week, Dave, I'm telling you, go Ohio State, take the over and take Bama at night, baby. Give you action all day. Let's go. That's going to do it. That's going to wrap this puppy up. Follow us on Instagram at Cover City on uh, Twitter at Cover or sorry, at Cover City Sports on both. Uh, we'll be back next weekend with the Christmas episode. Uh, Steve, I'll roll us into the weekend, man. <laughs> Mix this one up, Lanners. Give me my money. Yeah, Cover City. Guys, enjoy the games this weekend. They're going to be off the charts. They're going to be rocking. Tell the bookies to give me my money.